includes writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay, the boot is away. And it's gone. I don't even know who. Everyone's taking back you. Razor! Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You're on once again with your boy. I'll be sure. And pre-pod, I and, and might even come through the recording. I don't know. Um, I said I would give Jeremy his flowers for being spot on with how this game was going to go. So the people's champ, Jeremy Gillen, is in here to talk Texas Bowl, where he was absolutely correct. And that the Texas Tech Red Raiders would beat Ole Miss. You called it by two scores. Tech actually ended up winning the game by three scores. Great hey, job, you Jeremy. know. We stay doing what we do here on Tortillas and Takes, and it's either being spot on or way the hell in left field. Uh, Albert, where are you recording from today? (laughs) Uh, I'm in a Canadian basement. Uh, I've been banished from the country for being so wrong in the Texas Bowl prediction that I uh, (laughs) so much so that Biden was like, get that kid up out of here. He was like, leave, we're going to trade you. For a, uh, uh, <laughs> we're gonna trade you for a, a, a uh, um, somebody locked away, you know, the the merchant of American uh, something. You know, I don't want to make that yep. joke. You, you I'm gonna leave that on. one alone. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was very wrong. I, I predicted, I, yeah, I predicted Ole Miss to win this game by two touchdowns, and obviously I was wrong. Um, from the very beginning, Texas Tech came out and and flat out looked like the better team. Like literally from kickoff, from the very first position, Ole Miss got the ball to start the, start the game. And from that moment on, there was not a point in this game that Texas Tech did not look like the better team. Jeremy, what was your initial impressions? Well, and that's exactly it. I think that, you know, something that we... I, I understood your caution when we were doing the predictions about this game. You know, is there a chance that Ole Miss is the one that with with a little bit more preparation, um, they're going to bring a lot more like they're going to bring a lot more energy to this game. Um, we did talk about you know that this is going to be a a matchup of two excellent fan bases. I think that that definitely proved itself uh, true at least for the first most of the you know most of the game until until some pretty cool stuff happened at the end. We'll get to that. Um, but two great fan bases. But, I mean, Texas Tech, man, energy from the beginning. The defense was hot and ready. Um, I'd say Tyler Shuck felt in his bag from the beginning. Uh, it was just kind of the ideal scenario for Texas Tech. And that felt great. I mean, if you're a Tech fan, the first two quarters, is, you're pounding shots. You're, 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 your chasers is, is more alcohol. Like, you're having a great time. Yeah, fantastic time. And, and that's a lot of that is due to Lane Kiffin. Being Lane Kiffin. Listen, Lane Kiffin, a big reason why I thought Ole Miss was going to win this game was because, one, I think they're a very talented team. And I was of the belief that a big reason for the slide was because of the whole, you know, will Lane Kiffin leave? Will he not? You know, will he will he stay at Ole Miss? Will he da 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 And those distractions. Well, now for the past month, they haven't had distractions. So Lane Kiffin, from the very beginning, was like, you know what? I'm going to use this game to show just how crazy I can be. I got an extension. I'm good to go. I'm going to use this game to really show that I'm the I'm a genius in this thing. And he started it off with going for it on fourth and seven on text 38. Now, I don't think that was necessarily a bad go, right? You're on the other side of the 50. It's fourth and seven. You're kind of in that gray area. He goes for it. He doesn't get it, right? Uh, uh, he doesn't get the ball. And just like that, okay, you don't get it. Tech gets the ball back. Tyler Shuck's about to score. And right before... 
Um, he's about to score. He gets it picked off. So you're like, okay, well, we get the ball back. No big deal. We're good. We're on our side of the 20. It's fourth and one now in our 20 for nine. I'm Lane Kiffin, baby. I'm going to go for it again. But, but Lane, you're, 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 what have I said all year, Jamie? Don't, don't do it on our side. And, yeah. and this time yeah. Lane is like, nah, nah, man. Nah, Joey, you're crazy. I'm going to be even crazier. I'm going to do what you do, but even more worse. And he doesn't get it. And that leads to our first points of the game. Like those, that first touchdown, thank you, Mr. Kiffin. That was, that was Lane gifting us points, right? You can argue that maybe he didn't give us automatically a touchdown instead of score it, but he gives us points. I mean, we, we get the ball on our own 20, on our own uh, uh, 27. Like that's, that's points. That's automatically like appreciated Lane. We get points off the get go. And he continued doing that. Even though it wasn't, and I, and I really, and I appreciate that Kitley on the second go in the red zone decided that ah, you, you know what, Shuck, we're gonna keep it on the ground for this one, uh, and Shuck, and I mean, I think you mentioned <laughs> yeah, it, that's right. Look, looking completely like a quarterback who did not have a clavicle injury this year. I mean, can we say that? I mean, the guy was running completely different than he has Bro, been. It just he nah. looked worlds apart. This is the Tyler Shuck that we definitely wanted when he came over before he before all the injury, before the issue, uh, I, like in his back. And, you know, it was one of those things we were wondering, like, what's going to be like to have Tyler Shuck for consecutive weeks, like three consecutive weeks here? Like, it, and it's it was nice. So it's it's funny. I made the tweet that he runs like he hasn't had two major soldier surgeries in the last year and a half. And I. Uh, um, you know, some people took it as, yeah, man, he's fearless. I really meant it as, bruh, slide, please. <laughs> well, even when he was sliding, he was still getting his head taken off. So it's kind of like, damned if you do, damned if you don't <laughs> situation for Tyler Shuck. He's like, I slide, and they, they target me right in the head, right? Uh, that was another thing. Ole Miss couldn't stop targeting. I think they had three targeting penalties in this game alone. Um, I'm not a huge fan of targeting equaling a player getting kicked out of the game, but I am a huge fan of the targeting call of, of it being a situation where 15 yard penalty, got to take that out of the game. I just don't think a player should be ejected for it. That's my only caveat for that. But either way, y'all know the rules, right? Ole Miss defenders know the rules. You can't headhunt. You can't put your crown of the helmet down. You can't go like the slide that, that um, Shuck had for the first down where he got clocked in the head. I mean, dude, what are you doing, right? Like, the quarterback's sliding, and that's helmet to helmet. That's kind of, like, that's definition targeting. That's definition um, unnecessary roughness. Like, every level of football, you get a 15-yard penalty for that. And Ole Miss just kept gifting us, you know, it, whether it's a, a, a big penalty that they couldn't lay off or Lane Kiffin going for it on fourth on his own side of the field. Like, they kept gifting us up, uh, um, points or yards or the ball. And unlike other games this year, Tech just said thank you. And got the points. Yeah. And got the yards. And got the ball. Like, like Tech would, did a great job of taking advantage of the times where Ole Miss was like, ah, we don't want to, we don't want to win. And I think you bring up a really good point here is that Tech, like the offensive scheme this game felt really complete. Uh, I think a good way to put it is that, I mean, you ran the ball. You actually ran the ball more than you um, you did running plays, but more than you passed at this game. Although the passing felt very efficient as well. Um, I think that Zach Kitley has heard enough of our podcast to know how critical I am. And <laughs> I think in the preview podcast, I was very critical yeah, he's, with... He's a, he's a fan of the pod. He's a fan of the pod. And I was very critical in the, in the preview because I'm just like, I don't know, you know, I don't know what he's going to do with a consistent quarterback. Like, are we going to have a... Uh, a, a well called like a well is he gonna overload Chuck is he gonna is he gonna play to his I just don't know and this this watching okay let me just put it like this that watching this game felt very easy it wasn't like I wasn't going 
every other play, I was like, what are you doing? Or like, oh my God, you keep doing this. Or, I mean, it was a lot easier than it has been all season. Not that there weren't plays where I was like, okay, what the hell was that? But that's just the nature. I mean, if you have a, if you have a game where, if you have a game where you're not having any, like any questionable calls or anything like that, like, okay, why is that offensive coordinator pulling this stunt? Um, you know, your offensive coordinator is playing really boring, uh, a really boring scheme. So I appreciated it. And I think that it, it worked in our favor. Yeah. What you, you hated? Well, it. the reason why I'm, I'm smiling here is you're looking. No, no, no. It's not that I hated it. Actually, this game was drunk. Right, this game was drunk, but it wasn't because of Kitley. It wasn't because of play calling on either side. It wasn't because of like, oh man, Kitley, what are you doing here? I actually thought in this game, you know, and we well, some of the things that we have mentioned in this game when it comes to coaching is, well, Kitley, you don't need to do all these trick plays. Well, uh, McGuire, you don't need to go for it on fourth on your own side. Well, you don't need to do this. You don't need to. It's funny. Ole Miss actually looked like the team that was doing all this craziness that we complained about early in the season, and not Tech. Tech looked like a coaching staff that had been here for a while that were full of veteran coaches they weren't didn't have a first-time collegiate head coach they didn't have a first-time power five offensive coordinator they actually look like the ones that were doing it but the reason why the game was drunk was because we had a situation Ole Miss had four turnovers Tech had one on our, our, ourselves all the targeting calls all the opportunities in the second half where Tech refused to blow the, the doors off the game and just kept letting Ole Miss gradually back in the game but then blowing him out, but then letting him back in the game. The game was drunk, but it had nothing to do with Zach Kittley and Joey McGuire, which I agree with you. That is great. I, I'm okay with a drunk yeah. game, but it's not because of our own coaches doing. Well, and so and it was actually five. It's five turnovers for Ole Miss, right? Remember, they had the two fumbles and then three interceptions, which was hilarious. But then Tech had Tech also had three and losing two fumbles, which I was going to point out, you were talking about in the preview podcast, Ole Miss loves to swat for the balls, and they were doing that a lot. And it was the Cameron Valdez run where, I mean, this is a clearly, it could be a touchdown, but Cameron, you know, holding it not as tight as he should have, and just, I can't remember who it was for Ole Miss, just just a little pop. And you know what was funny is that if you notice, they were, they were talking about NC State when that play was going on. What happened at NC State? The NC State running back was running in, and we were right in front of it. And same thing, you know, touchback. And so it, we saw, we got to see that in action again. But totally, I like that. This was a drunk game for sure. Oh, I hate, I'm just, this is going to be a podcast where I talk about the things that I hate, and I hate the touchback rule so much. I hate it so much. It's such a dumb, <laughs> stupid rule. If that ball goes out of bounds, then he, we keep the ball, but because it goes in the end zone as a touchback, it's an idiotic rule. I don't know. Everybody understands that rule is idiotic. It never gets changed. Why? Uh, because it's always been there. Just because it's always been there doesn't mean it's not stupid. It's a stupid rule. It was stupid for NC State when it happened to them. It is stupid for us now. It is a stupid rule in general. I hate it, but I will say I know a lot of people came down on Cameron Valdez for that fumble. So that's what that is what happened. Jeremy d- described it perfectly. Um, it's very easy to say to hold the ball tight twenty four seven. Very easy to say that when you're a running back and you think you've popped off and there's nobody around you, y- 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 and he kept the ball while at chin and all that stuff. It's not that easy to constantly think I got to hold this ball as tight as humanly possible, even though in my mind there's nobody around. Like, you know, it's, it's easy to say, and I'm sure coach are going to drill it in his head. You got to keep the ball tight. But let's 95% of the time the running back is fumbling. That's a really great job by the defender, right? Like these are one of those plays where I just got to give kudos to the defender more than anything else. Uh, sure. Excuse me. Sure. We can tell Valdez to hold the ball tighter, but 95% of the time it's going to be a fumble. Um, Kind of going back to the game there, one thing I appreciate it. So, so like I said, first quarter, Tech's up 7-0. 
Um, Ole Miss right away scores a touchdown. Shows Kiffin's, I guess, to show his genius at 7 7. Uh, but Joe McGuire shows a little bit of his maturity, a little bit, I think. We have the ball in Ole Miss at 24, 4th and 9. Jeremy, we kicked the field goal. Yeah, that was. We kicked the field goal. Shocking. I think against Texas earlier in the season, we would have run for it. Mm-hmm. We would have won for that. He kicked the field goal on the 24th. I'm like, okay, Joey, we get the lead. All right. Then, you know, we get an interception. That's, that's take one, right? We do end up going for it on fourth down at the three, which I didn't have a problem with. You're trying to get points. You're trying to extend the lead. I didn't have a problem with. But you put the ball back in, in Texas Tech's hands, muddy water, interception, take two. And just like that, thanks, Ole Miss, for giving us more points. It's 17-7. Um, we're rolling. And, and <laughs> more points given to us by Lane Kiffin because stupidly, I didn't think he could outdo himself in the first quarter. In the second quarter, he did it again. Went for fourth and six on, Miss, on the Ole Miss 29 I have no idea why. Like, I don't know why you would do this. Um, but, you know, we gives the ball up. We kick a field goal. Right after that, we fumble the ball. Jackson uh, Jackson Dart fumbles it. Jalen Hutchins is a man possessed. Yeah, and it's 20 to 7. Um, Twenty. It's it's just like that. It is what, 26 to 7 at half. Like, it's it's amazing. It's incredible. It's, it's everything we dreamed of. I mean... The first half, it, it, it's a Cinderella story, honestly, with Texas Tech. You know, just any time. And so we're on a national stage here, truly a national stage. It's a bowl game. It's a it's a respectable bowl game. You're playing against an SEC team with which we are, you know, 3-0 and this season. Um, and just looking at the performance in the first, you have two multi- uh, score quarters. I mean, you get ten points in the first quarter. You get two. Uh, you get sixteen in the second quarter. You're looking at. Uh, you're just like on an excellent pace, and you keep. And let's not. Let's not. You keep Old Miss from scoring in the second. And Old Miss is known as you know. This is one of the premier rushing teams of the SEC. They they can score when they can score in bunches. Um, well, it really wasn't looking like it. You know, you held in a seven. And you're up 26-7 over, you know, a couple, you know, eight and five Ole Miss in the SEC, which on paper is supposed to be the more talented of the two teams. And it's just really not looking like that. So halftime was buzzing. Yeah. But not for long. So I know some people may be listening <laughs> that maybe didn't watch the game and say, well, well so, so Albie, how was this game drunk? Was it just drunk because Tech was winning? This doesn't make sense. There was no drunkenness in it. Well, my friends, second half was all drunk. Was all drunk, and I'll explain to you how. So, uh, after a tech punt, Ole Miss kicks a uh, kicks the touchdown. First first shot happens, if you will. Uh, Miss field goal by Trey Wolf. After the um, announcer, uh, my boy, shout out Andre Ware from the Dickinson, Texas, um, says, you know, oh man, you know Trey Wolf, such a good kicker. He's been been really automatic for Texas Tech this year. Really hasn't really missed any field goals. Well, guess what? Trey Wolf then makes misses Always. the field goal. Uh, no big deal. Um, no big deal because you know Tech forces a punt, forces a punt. We're good to go. We're rolling, baby. But but then Shock fumbles the ball right afterwards. So still twenty six to thirteen. Um, uh, but then you know Ole Miss is driving. Looks like we're good, but they go for it on fourth down once again, and they get shut down. So it's just drunkenness back and forth before Tech scores scores that that touchdown going into the fourth quarter. Um, you know, Sir Roderick Thompson, he gets his touchdown, last touchdown as a Red Raider for Sir Roderick Thompson. But I think one thing that was really great on that drive was pass that pass to Duran Bradley was fantastic. Duran Bradley and Loic Fungi, great games in this one. Both of them. 
Great games from and, and the preview pod I talked about that I thought an outside receiver and I, and I listed Jared Bradley as being that guy that was going to really show out and have a breakout game. Lo and behold, both of them did. Both are young outside receivers. Both had a really good games, which really looks great going into next season. Um, and the drunkenness continued. Another Ole Miss fumble uh, that was cut, that was piled on with a nice little unsportsmanlike conduct at the end of it there um, that led to a shocking another field goal, Jeremy. Um, and then the touchdown, we had a tech fumble. Like it's just every single time it seemed like tech was about to run away with it. We fumbled the ball. We, we turned it over. We missed a field goal. Uh, but then Ole Miss would just fumble it right back or take another shot right back. So the game got drunk there, especially in the third and early fourth quarter. But either way, it doesn't matter. Texas Tech comes away with it. 42-25. So, um, who else offensively, Jeremy, did really show it out for Tech in this game? I know we talked about Tyler Shock. I know I just mentioned Fungi and Bradley, but who else have you got? Well, and so, and I'll come back to it. Um, but Taj Brooks, like Taj Brooks, absolutely. And I know Sarati Thompson really, um, you know, he got half of the, he got, he got a fair enough, fair number of carries, but Taj Brooks was definitely having a strong game too. Almost, you know, 90 yards. He had that, he had that long breakaway for 37. Uh, it was really nice. Uh, I do want to circle back though and say that Loic Fungi, man, Loic Fungi has been kind of right on the radar all season long last season as well. This is like a receiver that we've won over from other schools and just really hasn't had those breakout really hasn't had a breakout game. We're like, okay, is this guy going to be the better TJ Vasher? You know, is this guy going to live up to the to the hype? And it's kind of been hit or miss. You know, we've had Duran Bradley pop up, Miles Price, of course, uh, Sparkman having having a good uh, season, but Duran Bradley this game looked to me really classic kind of Eric Ward, not necessarily a ton of targets, but absolutely being dominant in those receptions right i mean seven receptions for 100 yards pretty nuts i was surprised he didn't end up getting a touchdown but dominant presence uh for sure and then so i mean and then i always i'm happy to see cameron valdez like i said you know he had the one carry but he almost busted it off it would have been 30 yards for a tutty but 29 yards and a fumble (laughs) whatever um this mm, they talked so i will say they talked a lot about how both of these teams have weapons, and I, I agree. Um, for me, though, Tyler Shuck, man. Tyler Shuck surprised me with his play. I know that he had a couple of turnovers that were kind of unwarranted, but, I mean, you had Tyler Shuck playing a pretty complete game, especially since he was your leading rusher with over 100 yards. Like, this guy put up, like, 350-something yards by himself. That's nuts numbers for a guy. That's the Tyler Shuck that we're like, okay, this guy can, oh, is this guy going to get drafted next year or not uh, when he came in? And, like, that's the kind of numbers you got to put up if you're thinking about going in the draft, right? But he hasn't. So this game is very much like a, oh, my God, what is 2023 going to hold for this team? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So going into this game, there was talks. I know Joey had mentioned that Tyler Shark was thinking about whether or not he should prepare for the NFL. right? Some guys ended up um, waiving their, their COVID year super senior year like Sir Roger Thompson and uh, Trey Wolf to to prepare for the NFL and get ready for the NFL. And Tyler Shuck was debating whether he was going to do that or not. And I was curious if having a good game like this would cause him to say, you know what? Yeah, it's time to capitalize all this, catapult me to the next level. And a part of me actually feels like he had this great game and said, man, if I can do this for 12 more games next year, 13 more games next year, 
F the next F, you know, being a sixth round, seventh round undrafted free agent pick. I can be a day one, day two guy. Right. And he's right. 343 yards. If you cut down on the turnovers in games next year, not only is Tech going to be very good because we're returning a lot of pieces, a lot more pieces than I was expecting us to return. But Tech's going to be very good. We're going to win games and his name's going to be put in there. Right. The QB class is going to be good coming out next year, but outside of Caleb Williams, it's a big drop. And Tyler Shuck, Tyler Shuck is a guy that was already looked at as a first-round pick for the 2021 draft, right? Um, who knows – or 2022 draft, sorry. Who knows what he can do if he really puts together a full season where he balls out like he did today. Like he did, The last – I mean, like he did today, like he did against um, – Oklahoma, like he did that game last year against Houston, right? If he can put all that together, we could be seeing great things out of Tyler Shuck. So we've been mentioning a lot of great things about the offense. Jeremy, let's talk about the defense a little bit because the defense did hold Judkins. We talked about in the preview pod how great Judkins is and Judkins this and Judkins that. And, and also they have Zach Evans, who's a backup, who just declared for the NFL for some reason. Um you know, we talked about how Jackson Dart, you know, he if he has a good game, who knows what could happen, yada, yada, yada. Malik Heath and how, guess what? These guys, this defense held them to 25 points, and they'd only scored 13 before the fourth quarter. Like, this defense was here. This defense was here, son. Like, they were they were ready to go. And, um, yeah, I, I got n- nothing else to say about the defense. Take five, like you said, a take five defense, the most turnovers we've had all season. Um, they definitely came ready to play. I mean, good grief. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde for me. Uh, I don't care about the stats at the end of the day if you win, but it's interesting to me that like, okay, Malik Heath gets over, um, you know, gets about 130 something yards, about 140 yards uh, on a few receptions. He does end up getting a touchdown. It's not like, and so it's not like uh, Judkins had a bad game, right? They ended up right under 100 yards. He was chugging it for his team. Um, Jackson Dart was kind of all over the place, right? He would have really good throws, and then he would have knucklehead throws. Uh, but I do think this all kind of sucks back into giving the credit where it's deserved, and that's like Coach DeRuiter continues to prove that he is a stunning defensive coordinator because he continued to flip looks on Ole Miss. Um, he continued to, uh, and I don't know why, you know, you talk about the like multiple fourth down attempts that Lane Kiffin thought that he could nab, even the stupider they got, he just continued to press into that pride or whatever it is. DeRoyter didn't flinch, right? Like DeRoyter continues to draw up excellent plays with, and I mean, now he's missing, he's missing a lot of key, you know, he's missing uh, Reggie, uh, not Reggie Pearson, he's missing, uh, um, yeah, Reggie Pearson. Reggie Pearson, oh, I was thinking Rayshon. Yeah, Reggie he's missing, Pearson he's missing, he's missing, he's, He's missing Reggie Pearson. He's missing Philip Bleedy. He's missing Tyree Wilson. He's missing a lot of people who had production on his team. And he goes, you know what? We're re- we're 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 going to continue to play our game. We're going to play to our strengths. And so you got, I mean, Dadrian Taylor Dimmons, DTD steps up. Muddy Waters is step like doesn't have step. Muddy Waters having a big game. DTD having a big game. Because I Eldridge continuing to be that dude. Um, Krishaw Merriweather, the brick house. You called him out. You called him out in the preview. Continuing to have that, uh, continuing to have that um, game. It's just like again, once again, this defense Jeremy is struggling. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a thousand miles a minute in my mind. Uh, names are whooping your ass. <laughs> yeah, a thousand miles a minute in my mind. So, but the thing is, is that when you look down to it, this defense plays is still playing complete when they are incomplete, considering how the season has been. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, and I get it. I mean, this team, this team was flying, right? They were running a thousand miles a minute, right? And so, um, yeah, one thing I got to say about all the plays that you said, Kosai Eldridge is that dude. Like, Co- listen, Kosai Eldridge is that dude. He was, he's been great the last few games. Like, I, I, I'm going to talk about in this game where he led the league and t- the team in tackles, but he was great in this, in, in the last, like, great in this game, and he has been great the last few weeks, right? The last few weeks of the season. Um, Chris Armayweather is going to be gone. He's not going to be here anymore. And I'm not worried anymore. Like, Kosai Eldridge played that amazing to where I'm like, oh, all right. I mean, you know, we'll we'll miss we'll miss Merriweather, but next man up, like it has been at the linebacker position, and so he was he was great. Rabbit was great, and Rabbit's going to be back for another year. Um, he was also amazing, and it's not always great when your free safety is high in the team in tackles, right? It's not always fantastic. But D, DTD makes a lot of plays in there in the run game, makes a lot of plays on those screen passes. Those screen passes didn't do anything. Ole Miss whatsoever. Tyler Owens had a great game. He announced he's going to be back for his super season, super senior season. Tyler Owens was a guy that had really, you know, he had a really inconsistent season. Uh, uh, sometimes disappeared in games. Sometimes I didn't even see him. But the last couple weeks again, really stepping up. And I think he's now with Reggie Pearson leaving. The way he played, it's like, well, you know, not a huge loss, not the biggest loss. Um, they're going on with Tyler Owens and the way he played uh, against Ole Miss. So it's uh, and and. And I'm going to talk about Kosai Elders being that dude. Come to the front of the stage, Jalen Hutchings. My Ooh, yeah. God. Ole, Ole Miss's O-line couldn't do anything with that brick wall right there. We're talking about a fourth mm. and one. J- Jalen Hutchings stood stood Judkins up. Stood him up and said, bro, sorry, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. You are not getting past me. I am at the goal at the, at the first down line, and you will literally not get past me. Stood him up, laid him down. Jalen Hutchings was amazing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely it- amazing. And he, they're um, coming back. I have nothing but good things to say about Jalen Hutchins. And he's coming back. Yep. Hutchins, him and, him and, and Bradford, Bradford both yep. coming back. The law firm is coming back. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing, both of them. So, um, yeah, I, th- this defense was great. Uh, like I said, and I think the microcosm, as we talked about in the preview pod, the importance of those turnovers was going to be against a guy like Jackson Dart. And they took advantage of it. Three interceptions in this game. Now, not every game is going to have a guy that likes to throw, turn the ball over like Jackson Dart does, but it's great <laughs> to be able to take advantage of a guy that's willing to do so, right? Like, listen, not everybody's that – the players that don't take care of the ball, make them prove who they are, right? Make them prove who they are and take advantage of that, and this team definitely did it. Even on special teams. Actually, you have to take five. One of them was on special teams. You know, Isaac Smith, who I think is a receiver, getting in on the action and, and recovering a, a, a fumble. So – Excuse me. Yeah, take five. It was it was absolutely fantastic. What a way to go out. And Mississippi is now West Texas. You know, Mississippi say, is now West some Texas. Some would say it's, it's always all, been. Yeah, it's all West Texas and Miss. Yeah, some would say, some would say it's always been absolutely. So it's uh yeah no great win, great win here, Jeremy. But like all great wins against egomaniac head coaches, there's gonna be controversy going to be controversy, Jeremy. And after the game, uh, Lane Kiffin, the head coach of the Ole Miss running, or are they just the Rebels? Ole Miss Rebels. Um, if you know the history of the of the name Rebels, you'll find this interesting. He, him as a head coach said that number 11 of Texas Tech uh, spit on and called our player a racial slur. And that is why my player is crying. Um, now I will say, so for those that don't know, I'll be here. I'm a black man. 
Dimitri Moore, number 11, is also a black man. He's the one that supposedly said a racial slur to the other person. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that black men cannot say racial slurs to other black men. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the likeliness of him saying something racist or racial to another player is highly unlikely. That's all I'm saying. Something something with, with, with derogatory hatred that nobody else heard, including Kiffin, who said himself, I did not hear it, so I cannot speak on it, though I am making an accusation. Um, yeah, that's what he said. And also, he did not see the spitting. Um, he was just told that something that somebody might have been spit at. Um, and yeah, that, that's what he said, that a black player called another black player. As my, and remember, Lane Kiffin is a, a white head coach for the Mississippi Rebels. Um, said that a black player said a racial slur to another black player and spit on him, but didn't hear the word and didn't see the spit. And is not calling an accusation, but is causing calling an accusation. So safe to say both McGuire and Moore absolutely 100% denied any of that ever happening and basically called Kiffin a sore loser. But what are your uh, thoughts, Jeremy? Yeah, I think that McGuire and Moore handled that really well um, when it came up and in, into fruition. I, you know, I don't get it, man. And so part of me wants to think that Lane Kiffin is trying to be a good players coach for his people. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't like. I would just love to know how it started. Right? Did did his player come up and say, "Hey, coach, this happened," or did somebody trying to instigate on the sidelines say, "Oh my gosh, did you see this?" I, I just don't know how it came up. And so, part of me wants to believe that, you know, Lane Kiffin wants to say, "Okay, here's an opportunity for me to protect my players. I'm going to go out and do that." Uh, but there always is that element, right? Of oh, you know, they're throwing batteries at our at our players. And Texas Tech fans are no. No strangers to um, opposing coaches, opposing players, opposing opposing anyone, journalists saying like how Lubbock is trashy, Lubbock is a bad place, and how 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 it would just continue to drive that narrative, right? If you have a team from West Texas facing a down south team, and a racial slur comes up and they get spit on, uh, but you're right, that whole thing kind of falls apart um, when you realize that Dimitri Moore is a black man. And the likelihood of that happening is so infinitesimally small. And it's just very out of character for this Texas Tech team. Um, it's just weird and un... So, I don't know. Like my so mom you said. you want to know my theory? I, I'll go ahead. I, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, oh you want to so roll. You said was, like my mom was, said. I want to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was, talking about, I was talking to my mom about the game today. And she goes... Yeah, and you hear about that stuff that their coach said. Why can't he just smile and lose? And I was like, "Oh God, mom!" <laughs> uh, smile and just be the loser you are, Kiffin. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, my theory. I tweeted this. My theory is that Lane Kiffin heard that you know he probably said the N word, right? He heard Demetri Moore said the N word. That player number eleven said the N word because there were some scuffles and Moore was in it as well. Oh yeah. Uh, the Ole Miss offensive lineman. Um, and so like, I'm sure somebody yelled out, oh, he said the N-word. And Kiffin looked over there and saw, Dimitri Moore is very light-skinned, if you don't know. He is light-skinned. He's a light-skinned guy. Um, saw Dimitri Moore over there and said, oh, that's a white guy. He can't say that. He's from Texas. I'm a, Lane Kiffin is Californian, mind, mind you. 
Right, so Lane Kiffin is California saying that's a white guy. He can't say that. Oh, I'm gonna go to the press conference, really get into there now, and then oh, plot twist. <laughs> that's that's my theory. I'm pretty sure uh, Karen Kiffin is his new name that he was called. I'm pretty sure Karen Kiffin thought Demetri Moore was a, a white man and was like, I'm gonna show some justice, even though I'm the head coach of the Mississippi Rebels. Uh, I'm gonna show some justice because uh, that light skinned man can't call my dark skinned player. A racial slur. Only I can do that and, uh, in the confines of my use office. Use my privilege for good. <laughs> hey now. Hey, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. All right, so <laughs> that's that's right. So, but safe to say, yeah, it seems like Lane Kiffin was really just being a sore loser, kind of like Steve Sarkeesian was being. Um, some things you just can't do when you lose, right? And one thing you can't do when you lose is yell at the help. Yell at a lowly paid stadium worker and say, get your effing hands off me, you MFer, right before the game, and then you lose the game. Because guess what? After you lose the game, people find these clips and they're like, oh, hold on. He's been the jerk the whole game. <laughs> and so, yeah, so Texas lost to Washington. And I bring that up because everybody in the Big 12 has lost. We are the only team right now, we're recording this Friday evening. Uh, this this podcast should drop before the Sugar Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl, so we won't necessarily know if Kansas State and TCU can help the Big 12's ratio a bit. But everybody else has lost. Every single but Like I said, Texas lost to Washington 20 to 27 as the Steve Sarkeesian experiment has once again kind of fallen the rails. And here's the thing they're eight and five. I guess you shouldn't, you should say a team that went from five and seven one year to eight and five the next year, some bit of improvement. I predict they would go eight and four this year in general. So I'm not necessarily saying this is just a huge loss of a season to Steve Sarkeesian. But a Texas fan brought this up. Shout out to, to Tej online. Um, that if they lose this game, they would have had a worse season than Texas Tech because Texas and Texas Tech would have the same record and Texas Tech beat Texas. Well, <laughs> Tech fans, we have a full year not only uh, ahead of Texas because we beat them, but also because, you know, we had a better season. We can now say that. Take that to the bank. We won our bowl game. So Texas mm-hmm. did lose to Washington 27-20. to Oklahoma State lost to Wisconsin 24-17. to Wisconsin was 6-6. Six and six. They were going through a coaching change. I mean, how yeah. do you lose this game? And then that one was another bad. coach yep. that wanted to make an, an ass of himself was Gundy, who, when asked a journalistic question of, Hey, do you see any staff changes? Instead of just saying, hey, we're just focusing on this game in the offseason and we'll worry about that later like a normal coach does, he decides to tell the reporter he might revoke his access because I'm Big Bad Gundy and I can do whatever the hell I want. So I'm going to revoke your access and I'm going to call you a, a, a jerk, a jackass and all this other stuff because I don't like the question you asked me. And guess what? Even though I'm not going to answer your question, I kind of answered your question because if I'm a coach on the staff, and it's already hot for me, and Cundy doesn't just answer the question like a normal person, now I'm like, well, dang, I'm probably going to get fired. So, yeah, Oklahoma State not only lost, this but Cundy made an ass of himself again. Another two... Go ahead. I was going to say, you're, you're, you're speaking of the coach who was wearing that OAN news sweatshirt over the... What was it last year or whatever it was? I mean, <laughs> yeah, of course he was. Gonna, of course he was going to start leaning into his power in the um, sports media room. I will say that is an interesting like storyline that I don't. I mean, I don't know much about, but Oklahoma State fans, especially Oklahoma State media personnel, know a lot more that um, access and like the environment of like a 
it, Gundy continually being upset about the media outlets that are trying to report on them. And it's just very like you're putting yourself in a toxic scenario. Then I'm just I'm incredibly excited to see how this how this develops. Revoking access because you don't like a question that was asked is such as Greta Thunberg would say, small something energy um, <laughs> uh, at getalife.com. It's terrible. Like it's, it's just, you know, you don't, you don't, you just don't do that. Right. These are just like, these are coaches lives. These reporters are their lives. They're supposed to ask these questions. He had the reporter asked a good question that Oklahoma state fans want to know. And uh, it's terrible to use your power and influence to just cause you don't like the question. It's, it's a, it's a notice. You went six and seven this year, dude, or seven and six this year. Sorry. Went seven and six this year, dude. It's a, it's a fine question. Um, Another coach that's probably going to have questions asked about him is, uh, um, oh, Lord Jesus. Now his name just escaped me. Man, I was on a roll, too. Um, uh, sheesh. Brent Venables. There we go. Brent Venables. Oh, my gosh. Um, Brent Venables is another coach that's probably going to have questions asked about him because his – yeah, for his first season, they went six and six. Nobody, listen, I predict Oklahoma's going to go eight and four this year. Um, and I'm sorry for predicting such a high high bar for them. Uh, they went they went six and six instead of going eight and four, and um, it wasn't pretty. But the Cheez-It Bowl said, you know what? Sorry, Texas Tech. Sorry, Oklahoma State. Sorry, Baylor. I know all three of you deserve this bowl game more than the Oklahoma Sooners, but guess what? They have a brand, and they're bigger, and we're, we would rather have all Oklahoma. Well, Oklahoma lost. Now, I will say they did lose the game in a more respectable way than I was expecting. Right? They didn't get blown out like I thought they would. Um, they made the game close. Right? Uh, uh, Florida State had to kick a game-winning field goal with less than a minute to go to win the game. Uh, but there was also never a time, or the, with the exception of what, with the exception of the first quarter and the, a piece of the fourth quarter, Florida State was leading this game the entire time. So there's that. Oklahoma goes into the offseason with a losing record for the first time in a very, very long time. Uh, thanks, Venables. Um, so then you got Baylor, a team that was predicted, I predicted, to win the Big 12. A lot of people, not just me, a lot of people predicted to win the Big 12. And they went to Fort Worth Stadium, uh, to TCU Stadium in Fort Worth, uh, which is hilarious, and played Air Force, an academy school, and lost. Just got beat. Just got. They couldn't handle the 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 uh, option plays. They couldn't handle any of that. Amari Terry uh, had a, had a huge catch. Um, he he was just the whole thing from Air Force. They were like option. What is this? All right, what are, what, are, what are you doing here? What's going on? Hazik Daniels, you're incredible. How do you do this? Um, and so safe to say Air Force beat the crap out of Baylor 30 to 15. And then last but not least, Kansas. Now, Kansas, listen, I don't believe in moral victories unless you suck. Kansas this was not a fun suck. One. This was a game that they were getting blown out. They were down 24. They were down 24 to 7, 31 to 7 in the second quarter. They were at one point down 38 to 13. And clawed all the way back. Clawed all the way back to tie this game up to go to overtime 38 to 38, uh, scoring 25 straight points. It was an incredible game. I, I caught, I started watching the game right at halftime. It was 38 13. It was just background, a background game for me. I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna just put it on because nothing else. I'm in Canada. So I might as well just watch the, the background of this. Um, went, went, you know, do something else, came back, he kept scoring. Great game. Um, there was a game right before Tech played, 
And it was this weird thing. I don't have ESPN News. I don't have ESPN Plus. I'm just watching the end of this game before I can watch the, you know, get into the Tech game. And it was incredible. But Arkansas did pull it out. They won 55-53 in the third overtime uh, because Kansas couldn't do their their third down conversion because they decided to take the ball out of Jalen Daniels' hands to win to, to tie the game yeah, up instead of. That was, so they yeah. said, "Hey, Jason Bean, you can do it, right?" And sure enough, Jason Bean airmailed it. Um, I kind of like Baron Morton did, but that's that's neither here nor there. Um, that's so, dude. Uh, yeah, just tech, tech, <laughs> Texas Tech. Texas Tech is the only Big Twelve team so far that has won a game. Um, I believe both Kansas State and TCU are not favored. Yeah, both Kansas State and TCU are not favored in their games, so there is a chance. <laughs> there is a chance that Texas, the the Big Twelve. Goes one and was that one and seven in yeah. bowl games this year, and the one win are the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Um, would be something else that wouldn't it's be like, a good look for the Big it's 12. It's like I, I want to be excited about it because you have that over the rest of the conference, but I feel like the bowl season is the time of year where you look at your you look at the conference and you like everybody's all beat up after punching each other and you're like you know what let's go kick ass and like you you want your conference to go out and the better that they do is like the better illustration of your conference as a whole and basically what Texas Tech did is they knocked an SEC team out and they looked around and everybody else is knocked down and it's like oh well you know <laughs> at least i got my guy right uh... <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> like, come on, team. <laughs> what are y'all doing? <laughs> um, in case you were, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So one and seven, right? Or currently one and five for the Big Twelve. Could be one and seven if TCU and Kansas State both lose their matchups. In case you were wondering about the other Big, tw- the newer Big Twelve teams that are coming in. Um, well, UCF lost to Duke, and they didn't just lose to Duke. They got blown out by Duke, um, and Cincinnati also lost their game um and so it's uh just not it's not good not good bob a lot of a lot of l's in the big 12 it's cincinnati lost to louisville 24 to 7 um but the only two i will if we're gonna count all new big 12 teams in houston did beat louisiana 23 to 16 in a game that houston should have never really been close in they are so much better than louisiana it was kind of embarrassing for them to be close but they did win that's all that matters they did win um <laughs> they did win the game scoring was that 17 straight points after Louisiana was up 16 to 7 again embarrassing it shouldn't have been that close um, and BYU beat SMU and that was a good win for that's BYU. a good one a lot of people predicted SMU I think SMU might have even been favored in this game that was a good win for BYU to win um, and I think their quarterback uh, Jaron Hall Jaron Hall might be coming back I think he's I think he's entering the quarterback uh, the, or entering the quarterback entering the NFL draft their quarterback and so he actually he didn't even play in this game. Sol J. Maiva Peters, who is who is likely going to be their quarterback for next year, um, he's the one that started in this game. And I'm sure that's not how you pronounce his name. But when you throw for 47 yards and still find a way to win a game, kudos to you. Kudos to you. So BYU move. does win. So that if we're we're holding the grand scheme of things, we're including the new Big 12 teams as well. That means the Big 12 win a grand total of three and seven in bowl season and could go three and nine. That's not good. Not good at all. But all that matters is Texas Tech won. So we're in. We have a good eight and five best record, uh, including bowls. It is the best Texas Tech record since I was in school. And it was at 20 and 09. It's the best record since 09. That's also coincidentally Leach's final year at Texas Tech. Um, so 
So props to that. Um, RIP to the pirate. And uh, yeah, Jeremy, anything else you want to say to the people? Wouldn't it be 2013 with Kingsbury? We were talking about it on the pre-pod, on the pre-pod, on the preview. Right, you win seven, oh, yeah, you lose that's right. five. That's right, that's right. When that when yes, that bowl gets, yes. yep, I'm tripping. Minnesota or Arizona State, excuse me. Yeah, yep, I'm tripping. He went, he went. You're you, you are correct. He went, and actually, I'm I'm big tripping. He went. Uh, technically, 09 was the last time we won nine games. I apologize. So we did go eight and five in 2010, 2012, and 2013. And I was not in school in 2013, um, so that was that was past my time. So King, so Kingsbury's first year was the last time he won eight games. Uh, hopefully, Joey McGuire's tenure is much better than Kingsbury was but like Kingsbury he did just sign a new six year extension so so there's that he's going to be our head there's coach for that. a while yep we love it we love it maybe no we don't love it wait really? a year <laughs> just wait a year but I hope right? I hope it's good things I, I, I yeah, just you know I, I don't I don't I, I'm not in the era of Kirby Hillcut. Um, you know so we'll see hopefully it works out but yeah I'm first I'm a fan of waiting waiting a little wait a little bit wait a little bit before giving the extension. Well, last thing I got to say is buy home field apparel. 15% off. Takes 12. You know what it is. You know the code. I don't have to do an ad read. You know it's soft. You know they're the best things out there to go get, right? You know the new year. It's going to be new year, new you. New year, new swag. That's what it needs to be. Home field apparel. 15% off. And that's all I got. Texas Tech football. That is going to be our last football podcast for the season, um, we, we may talk to recruiting a little bit in the spring. We just had National Signing Day. We're Texas had a top 25 class. It was amazing. But it's basketball time. It's time to get into it. Uh, the women, late, the Texas Tech women's basketball team has the best record in the Big 12. Go watch them. They play 14th-ranked Iowa State here next week. Um, the men's basketball team also getting a conference season. And so this will be a very interesting season, to say the least. Only three losses between the two teams. It's incredible. They're good. They're both good. So go out and see them. Um, so for the people's champ, that is Jeremy Gillen. This is Albie Shore, and you have been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network and the official podcast for Red Raider Sports. As always, stay wrecked, people.